Welcome to the KZ Club, the ultimate podcast destination for our fabulous and fearless young fashionistas, entrepreneurs and wellness enthusiasts aged 8 to 16. I'm your host, Kirsty Doyle, and I'm here to guide you on an exciting journey through the world of fashion, business and well-being. Welcome to the KZ Club podcast. Today, I am interviewing two inspirational women and I want to find out how they get started in their fashion careers. I've got Joanne Watkinson and Rachel Goddard and we are going to be talking to them about everything fashion buying, fashion styling and how they started in their own brand by 11. So Joanne, let's talk how you got started. Did you go to university to start in your fashion career? No didn't go to university there wasn't even ever an option no one ever asked me whether I wanted to go to university (laughs) I um yeah wasn't particularly great in school I wasn't awful Mm -hmm. but I definitely wasn't clearly I wasn't that good because no one questioned no one asked me whether I wanted to go to university or questioned whether I wanted to go um yeah, so I did GCSEs. I was all, mm-hmm. they were all, I, I did all right, and then did A levels. Didn't really get get anywhere with them. Um, all around art and um, design, technology, that type of thing. So I, I did have that creative side, and that because I'm not, I wasn't into. Um, I'm terrible at maths, terrible okay. at science. All those, all those academic subjects just weren't any good yeah. for me. Um, and then, but I did always have a work ethic. I had millions of jobs. Yeah. From the minute I turned 15, I always worked. Yeah. Everything from hospitality to shop work, retail. I, I did anything and everything to make money. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. I, I had multiple jobs, just for, not because I needed to, just because I, I I enjoyed it, and I think that then set me off thinking I know I'll 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 just work whatever it is. Yeah. So um yeah I left school with me GCSEs but not great A levels, and went and got a job, loved it straight out of school. straight out of school full went, time full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to work for a did a marketing firm that was a bit of a mad one that didn't last long lasted the summer yeah basically selling gas and electricity to firms <laughs> which was to be mad some 17 year old bouncing in trying to change over I did the summer selling him double glazing <laughs> same thing same thing yeah but it paid, I mean it was there to script and then yeah. and then it's just going these people must have thought who is this kid bouncing in and then uh-huh. but it paid great I did it yep. for the summer and then I went to work for a company that had the license for Mattel, which did uh, oh, wow. Barbie and Disney. Amazing. It was based in Liverpool. Amazing. And that was great. I was there for about 18 months, maybe two. And I, I really liked it. It was a nice, small, family-owned company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I used to do trade shows with them. Wow, so then at 18? At 18, yeah. Wow, so I'd go amazing. to Birmingham and be doing the um, trade shows like mm-hmm. twice a year. And they'd be, and then I thought, God, this is, there's like fun stuff. You'd be staying in hotels and and there was a group of girls and we'd all do these trade shows. And I thought it wasn't anything to do with fashion, yeah. but it was a retail environment. It was a sales environment. I kind of, and I don't know what it was about it, but it gave me confidence. Yeah. And, but I knew I wanted to work with a product that I liked and I like fashion. I like clothes. I like Amazing. wearing clothes, buying yeah. clothes. Mm. So someone told me there was a new role coming up in Topshop. Mm-hmm. And Topshop that time, it was their personal shopping role, which they, uh, Jane Shepperton had basically come up with the idea yeah. in the Oxford Circus branch. And at the time, all, you know, celebrities and everything were using it. It was free. It was, it was a complimentary service. Yeah. And you didn't need 
qualifications as such because it was a retail environment. So I applied and the interview, the interview was really hard. I do three rounds of interviews and no I... Um, Were you based in the London shop? No, or in Liverpool? the Liverpool yeah, shop yeah, yeah. when it was the big top shop, you yeah. know, downstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, And yeah, got that job and absolutely loved it. Thought it was the best job ever so what would people come in and do they would so come, they come in, in it was a complimentary um, personal shopping service yeah. and then so they'd either let you know what they were looking for mm-hmm. mainly it was just girls going out on a Saturday yeah. night going yeah. to Garland going to go, and going to society and they'd just be looking for like I don't know a denim skirt with a vest <laughs> <laughs> it was it was you know early 2000s yeah. so, but it was you know Topshop had new clothes then Topshop was amazing oh God, it was, it was an import it was amazing it was the best, yeah. and it, the music was loud yeah. it was always yeah. busy yeah. There was, you know, and it was just just amazing. It was an amazing environment. I enjoyed it, and it then um, it gave it gave me a real taste. I thought, no, this is definitely what I want to do. Yeah, they they let there was a lot of contact with the Oxford Circus team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They made you feel like you were part of a role. And, you know, they'd be sending, I was sending emails and stuff and, the, you know, about stuff that was going on and yeah. customers that they'd had in. And it, it really, it was, it, it inspired something in me. Um, and then while I was there, I met um, the team from the Echo, who then mm-hmm. was, you know, Dawn Collinson yeah. and Emma Johnson. And I ended up doing, writing a fashion column. Amazing. Um, yeah, so it kind of, we, we so it went off So this is all with no real training not, no no specific academic not, training just a no huge university. huge enthusiasm like yeah. bounds and bounds of enthusiasm and was not frightened of working no I, I all the time it was all for free you know everything all the little shoots that you do all Absolutely. the so you that's that's what started Obviously, the it all, really. was, was for free yeah all for free but yeah. you were getting paid by Top Shop. By Top Shop. But the then, you know, then then there'd be people coming in, you know, style, big stylists who come in and lend stuff. There was there was yeah. bands around, like yeah. Atomic Kitten were around and things yeah. like that. And that was all that exciting. And they'd mm. come in and lend stuff. And there was just stuff going on. It just started slowly, slowly. But I was always enthusiastic and I would mm-hmm. say yes to everything. Yeah, everything. 100%. Yeah. And I think when you're 18, you're fresh out of school, this is such a big world. There's like so much to do so much to get involved in they're literally throwing yourself into absolutely every opportunity that comes your way it's just amazing it's like almost like an internship but you were actually being paid for it I did do a a little internship my sister-in-law was in fashion Mm -hmm. and I did go to London and do an internship with Elle which was like an active way then Um, and I did so that I kind of got to see that that's where I saw that buying was a a thing yeah that was the 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 first time that I realized that was a job and Mm -hmm. I thought that looks great yeah you know that was exciting and I felt you know that office environment where everyone's a bit you know a bit more glam and um so I did get a little bit of a a, an insight into that world from doing that um Mm -hmm. I don't know it was only a few weeks but again for free yeah in turning and you know having a cheap butty for your lunch but not it was it was it's all that really it was all really exciting then yeah absolutely but I knew I didn't I because I'd had loads of jobs before I kind of knew what I didn't want to do I knew mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in an office I'd done a short stint in an office where you're doing admin work and I knew, I knew it was the way I think they asked me to leave because I was on the phone all the time to me <laughs> <laughs> I didn't last very long. So I knew I was happy to work, but I knew it had to be something that interested me okay. because I haven't got the, the best attention span. 
So from obviously from Topshop, and then you've got the Echo. The Echo, obviously that right in the, the column that was for you. Still, still do it. Still do it. Not for so the how, Echo, but for yeah. for Reach Group. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's amazing. But then, how did that take you? So where's the where's the gap between there and then obviously working with uh, the um, founder at my wardrobe? So there was a boutique opening in mm-hmm. Liverpool, and yeah. the owner, the, the then due to be owner, came in for an appointment for his girlfriend. And he wanted some clothes for her, and we just got talking again. Um, I was very enthusiastic. The gift of the gab, this sort of wanting to be interested. Yeah. That is... I was enthusiastic about what they were doing. Yeah, really, really interested and open to to jumping yeah. and new I opportunities. Yeah. So went to run that shop, do the buying for the women's wear, which I'd never done before. But I thought, how hard can it be? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What did you so when you when you took this leap into uh, women's wear buying? So lots of people, lots of young people that I speak to, they say, yeah. "I want to get into. I want to be a fashion buyer. I want to be a fashion buyer. I want to be a fashion stylist." What would you say you need to do to become that to get on that first rung of the ladder? So, what kind of you know sort of experience, knowledge? What would you have to be good at just to get you to that point? The very I guess first, so be like I, a system. It's hard. Buyer. It's hard because I didn't go from a traditional exactly. So we want to hear that point of view into it. Yeah. So. Obviously, now I've worked with people who have got traditional training. I see the the gap because you can do a, a degree in it in just can. fashion buying Absolutely. alone. Absolutely, yeah. and I've worked alongside people that you yeah. go, yeah, uh, that's what you've got that I often see. <laughs> the gaps are there, and it just meant that I had to work harder yeah. and pay more attention to every single detail and know what I was doing inside and out. Okay, so all the brands know the brands out there that you're working with, but also know the brands that would be adjacent to the, yeah. the brands you'd like mm-hmm. to work with, know all about them, know about price points in the market, um, understand the market that you're working in. Mm-hmm. I just had a constant, I was constantly doing deep dives into everything that I was, had anything to do with. Okay. So brands we were working with, brands we weren't, price points, mm-hmm. always doing, so Topshop, that's where they taught us to do um, competitive shops. Yes. Where you'd go around and yeah. look at other uh, retailers, their price, so what, what are their vest priced as versus what Topshop's vests were priced as. And it, it means that you've got that knowledge then. It wasn't it wasn't to, to go back to Topshop because they knew all of that. Yeah, of it course. was for you, it was for you to understand the product and that was a that was an eye opener where you go, you've got to know your competition. So just to pause you there, say we've got a young girl now. So obviously if we're just related back to where we are now, young girls and young men, young girls are really entrepreneurial and it's so easy to start your own yeah. business now. Yeah. So an 18 year old could leave and start their own business. Yeah. So I love what you said about that competitive shop and that sort of analysis. So if they wanted to say, right, okay I'm going to start a gym wear brand yeah. okay so where do they see themselves in the market yeah, how do you go just yeah. but you could literally just go around Liverpool City Centre absolutely I mean and just um, and that yeah, is yeah. so important I mean now price obviously up. I was doing it I'm a dinosaur so I was doing it before the internet existed <laughs> before there was online shopping yeah. I mean you know the, when when I went to work for online, it was oh, it'll never work. It'll never take off. No one'll ever buy clothes on the internet. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was doing it from a, a physical perspective, yeah. literally look and shopping and looking mm-hmm. to see. And I think that's really important if you're gonna if you want to start a brand, yeah. is to know exactly what it is and what why why does it exist and yeah. how would you do it better. Okay. So no, in terms of price points, in terms of market position, which means which. So what, the way that I so I had an amazing mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, right the way through um, my time at my wardrobe and she did do the traditional route so she you know started at Selfridges they have a um, a programme where you can that they basically take you through it's a management training programme and, and she is that was, a graduate programme? it's a graduate programme okay. but it's, I don't think you have to have fashion qualifications she mm-hmm. went in with a graduate with, with a degree 
but that training and what I learned from her was in, yeah. in, incredible. Yeah. And um, I, I, again, I listened to everything. I took it all in. I don't think she thought at the time I was taking it all in, but yeah. I was. I took it all in. And they teach you all about that. Um, so if you're imagining that you're on the first or second floor in Selfridges or third floor in Selfridges, which, you know, is it luxury, is it contemporary? Yeah. Where would your brand sit? Yeah. Where exactly would they position you? Okay. How important it, would it be to them? And would big brands want to sit next to it? Yeah. You know, what it how does it look as good? Is it you know, again if it's active wear, it would be in the active wear department. Yeah. But where would it sit? Exactly. Because they put brands, you once you understand that that's how they do it, that's how they plan that floor, then you understand where your brand sits. Yeah. And it is it's like a game changer. You go, Absolutely. Oh my god, that makes sense. Because if you're thinking, well, I'm just me and I'm going to start this active wear brand and this is what I'm going to price it off. I'm just picking this number off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. No, there really needs to be some steps that you need to take Absolutely. before you get to the pricing of that product. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so interesting because, as you said, you can go into the store and do it physically and then you can just do it online. I mean, online yeah. now. You, know. you can do it yeah, in a... Do I think a also there's an element... I do think there is an element to doing both ways, though. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I think yeah. it, because you, really for online, you need to understand how to... Because department stores ultimately lay out how online stores will... will put They'll, they'll categorise theirs as well. Yeah, exactly. And where you fit. Because also it's about... So I use Selfridges as an, as an example, but it's whether your your activewear brand is it going to be an entry level? Yep. Is it going to be a luxury product? Because the the two, and then there's something in the middle yeah. as well. So you need to know where it's positioned and why. If you're going to stick a high price point on it, you've got to be realistic, and because people are going to ask why it's yeah. that price point. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Active One's a really easy one because obviously there's so many new brands. I can think of a bunch just in Liverpool and that yeah. have started and they've done incredibly well with it. And, you know, Active Wear is something we all wear. Absolutely. Uh, you, know, you know, luxury, sportswear, it's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's so interesting to hear from you all those steps that you should take just before you even get started, just before you even price your product. Yeah. And that's all from your own experience. Yeah. Absolutely. So at my wardrobe... You obviously went to Fashion Weeks. What was that like? Um, exciting. So obviously we look at it from, you know, if we're a, non, a non-fashion buyer, I'd look at it and go, oh my God, and it's all going on now. And you look at it and you can see everybody there and it looks amazing. Everyone's getting photographs. But what's the reality of a fashion buyer So fashion it was week? exciting as in, um, again, I'd, you come at it because of, you know, got myself on a train from Liverpool and then stuff in that world. But it wasn't, you know, I'm not sat front row. I'm not a celebrity yeah. getting you know, so the fashion buyers don't sit on the front row. So they do, they okay. do, but I wasn't that important. So I'm not at front row, front row, you know, and I yeah. think also it was like in before influencers really. Mm-hmm. So front row was, you know, your Hilary Alexander's, mm-hmm. your uh, Natalie Massano then was the owner, was she the founder of Nessa Porte? Yeah. It was all of those re- people who I had huge respect for Absolutely. and they were the people who used to wow me, you know, if you saw them at shows, but ultimately I was there to see a collection that I would either have or a bought and mm-hmm. then to be there to see the catwalk pieces or I'd be buying it after that so you'd then be using you'd be taking you know real mental notes of what um, and then quite often you wouldn't you wouldn't be going to the shows at all so fashion week is interesting we, <clears throat> okay so yeah, that's so what we you think see about the shows. if you're a non-fashion we would but think it's, it's a tra- just it's, walk, a, um, it's also it's a it's a trade event yeah so you're there working and you're going to the showrooms to mm-hmm. view the collections obviously there's a lot of travel involved it's, it's really intense it's long days yeah really long days and and all you're doing is going from showroom to showroom to showroom it's don't get me wrong it's not and um, it wasn't anything it's not hard when you're in there you know you're looking at beautiful clothes and you're making yeah. selections 
but there's an element of your range planning. You're putting, yeah. you know, you're, you've seen lots of collections. You don't want to end up with 60 black dresses that all look the same. So yeah. you've got to have consideration okay. within that. And so, yeah, it's it's exciting. And the, those bits are nicer, but they were few and far between okay. the um, the glam bit. There was yeah. bits of it and I, I'm, I'm very grateful that I did get to do it and see it, but it wasn't all the time. The majority of the time was in showrooms working with the um, with the brands. So if you're thinking about this, so I'm a buyer, are we looking at spreadsheets? Is it real sort of like the nitty gritty of it, you I mean, know, pricing? You, that's, um, so yeah, you so have we look at beautiful that. clothes, yeah. but then really if you take yeah. it back, I mean, the reality real, so of the fashion, it. The fashion and merchandising is goes hand in hand. Yeah. So you have your merchandisers who are, they're the, they're the mathematicians okay. and they also, um, they also give you the, the ground rules of how much you can spend and then it's broken down by category. Yeah depending on what you're buying, depending on the brands that you're looking at. Um, so yeah, it's broken down granularly that way. So okay. you know basically what you need to look at, but then you're, you're still doing, you know, there's, there's, you are still pointing of the things that you like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, but then you do, you go away and it's not just, it is, it sounds probably a little bit, um, more flighty but it there is there is a science to it yeah because absolutely. you buy it and you have to look at what you've the previous season yeah and the look at trends and things that are increasing things that have completely you know like then we did a lot of denim so mm-hmm. it was our skinnies in are we selling flares and then yeah. if you do if you don't also trends used to fly in you didn't you didn't see them coming yeah. so that's a lot you've got to spend a lot of time figuring out and watching what people are wearing especially influential people because they're always ahead of the game yeah and making sure that that is in your range because we'll be tired when press day comes along and they go so what flares have you got and you're like not one pair you <laughs> it, you know it's happened yeah, and that, that's it um that's something that and you're responsible for that you're responsible for when that if that doesn't work yeah Absolutely. So if you were telling somebody who was sort of 16 to 18, yeah. so they're not yet left sort of uh, university age and they want to get into fashion buying, what kinds of things can they do sort of from the comfort of their own home? So they, you know, obviously we talked about working in retail, yeah. which is fine and really, you know, people can go out and do that. But what kinds of things would you tell them to be doing at home to sort of be researching, yeah. you know, looking at catwalk shows? I guess, what kinds I of mean, if they're looking little, to get, I suppose if they're looking to get into, I mean, now I feel like the world has changed so much yeah. and the opportunities of now that on like that the internet again mm. dinosaur has given yeah. has given everyone Absolutely. you know um the platform that you now are a, a, a gifted things like tiktok and yeah. snapchat and then it was blogs but now mm. you know it's video and and mm. all of those things if you're if you really want to and you really if you're really interested i would say go hell for leather and launch your own have a platform would you? It's absolutely. Yeah. Because I think um, that the uh, the traditional level, it's changed unless yeah. you are going to go into it with a degree mm-hmm. and you're going to go in and go into it from that direction. But not everyone's going to do that. No. A, from a financial or even just the personal perspective, they are maybe not going to go to university. So if you're not, then you have to use everything else that's yeah. within your gift. That's and free. now you, there are, that's free. Yeah. That's free. And that shows off your willingness to learn. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think there's definitely still a bit of a, um, potentially a stigma attached to b- being, you know, a, an influencer in yeah. fashion yeah. versus a traditional. But I think from a from a market perspective, and ultimately what's used to sell clothes, then it's it's fair game. Yeah. So okay. I w- I would say use all of that. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. it wasn't I wasn't a, it wasn't there when I did it, but I would be now. I'd say if I did, yeah, if you've got the confidence and you feel like you could, yeah, then maybe build your platform that way. Okay. Super. 
love it so I think what goes nicely from obviously we're looking at you from a fashion buy and we'll go back to talking about the, the your own business that you've got together but what goes on from you've got a fashion buyer is a fashion stylist I meet so many young girls we've got girls who come in in the intern for us at 16 again what you want to be be a fashion stylist but what goes in to being a fashion stylist what would be your day-to-day you know reality hard with styling because I feel like you can learn buying can't you because it is it's numbers and you're learning critical path and stuff but with styling I mean I did go to uni to do styling but okay it wasn't even a, it wasn't actually a course when I first went to uni so I went to Salford to do just fashion which was like um that was like image making so I'd ended up doing an art degree for a year because I was similar to you in school like I was good at academic stuff but I just I wasn't interested in it mm-hmm. so I was all set up to do business in uni and then last minute I was like just this isn't what I want to do so um I just decided right I'm gonna go and do a art foundation which was the one in Heighton and Ruby so I did an art foundation did you do that one yeah. so you could sort of like dabble then so did a bit of photography a bit yeah. of like fine art um photography I loved because we learned how to like develop our own images and everything yeah. so for a while I did quite a bit of photography and obviously that goes hand in hand then Absolutely. with like styling because I could style and photograph my own shoots um so did that for a year went to Salford for um the first year and then John Moores then created a styling degree so I transferred into the second year mm-hmm. but I don't think it was that necessary because I think because it was like a new course I think mm-hmm. I probably should have stayed at Salford Salford had been like a really reputable course that I've been going for years they knew yeah. what they were doing I think John Moores was a great uni for design but I think because it was the first time they'd done styling yeah it like yeah it wasn't the best for that but at the same time, it led to connections. So I ended up assisting Mark McNulty through yes, that because we yeah. met him through uni. So I assisted him as a photographer for a while. And then, um, so yeah, did that. Um, and then I think for me, it was through resale. I think resale is a really easy way to get into things, isn't it? Because okay. everyone can go and get a resale job. Yeah. So I started off just at a resale level, then worked up to doing like um, VM, personal mm-hmm. styling. So just briefly, what's VM? Visual merchandise. And so, um, what would that be? What would you have to do? To so, I was responsible. I did it for American Apparel, which again Amazing. at the time was like, yeah. it, that was in their heyday when Liverpool was like the top selling store in the world, which was yeah. crazy. Do you yeah. remember the disco pants? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we used to sell like hundreds a day. It was mad. We were oh literally the top God. selling store in the entire world the at one point for disco world. pants. Because you know, Scousers are like tribal, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they love literally. it. So I was responsible for the whole store and similar to what you were saying where you felt like it was important. I had like, I was constantly emailing the London team yeah. and because um, the whole store was my responsibility, it gave me like a lot of confidence because... How old were you when you were doing that? I think that probably like early 20s, maybe Amazing. like 22 or something. Fabulous. Um, so, and it was everything. So it was window dressing, which is obviously like styling the windows, mm-hmm. but also the actual layout of the store. So I'd have to decide based on like previous sales and what was working you know, how to lay the store out. So we'd just do like um, big moves within the store. So um, obviously when it came to winter, we'd have to flip the store around um, constantly looking at sales reports to see what was working and then working with the merchandisers so I could like call in more stock or if there was something that wasn't working, I just, I could get rid of it, just get sent out of the store. So yeah. we did that for a few years. Um, and then briefly after that, I started up my own business with a friend doing personal styling. Yeah. Um, so at the same time as that, I went and did a part-time personal styling job in Coast, which was again like a style lounge. People had come in via appointments and it was mostly just occasion wear. So it was getting them dressed for weddings, things mm. like that. And then from then, 
I also worked at Flannels for a while. I did, yeah. um, and again, that was photography. So, well, it was everything actually. It was still lifestyle and, and photography. So you did quite a lot within that role. Amazing. It's a bit mad, really, when I think back. It was like three roles and one copywriting, still lifestyle and, and photography. So it was just wow. you and another person would just basically... For their website? Yeah, for the website. This was where, before Flannels, it was as big. It was, they were based in um, Trafford Park in yeah. Manchester. So it was a tiny, tiny little unit. So we did that. And so I was dabbling really in everything. Um didn't know whether I wanted to do photography or styling, but I knew I had an interest in both. Um, so I was assistant Mark doing photography. I'd also started assistant stylist, which again, I think is really important. Okay. I think you've got to go out there and assist yeah. and do internships. I'd done an internship in Bayern for Jaeger for um, a month, which I loved. Yeah. Which was slightly different to, because obviously Joe was buying for like a department. So mm-hmm. you were going out and actually looking at the shows. Mine was more at that level where um because it was obviously their own range so you know dealing with like the suppliers in China phoning up getting buttons samples just things like that um I would have preferred to do what you were doing definitely if I was going to go into buying I think it would have been more interesting but again I mean it is it's a lot of like numbers and spreadsheets you've got two completely different stories so fashion buyer people think fashion buyer is just a fashion buyer there's so many different levels yeah you could do it for a department sort or you could do it for a brand which was what I was interning in and then I was pretty much offered a buyer's admin role, which is like the the low, like mm-hmm. the entry level point. But by that point, I think I decided like London wasn't really for me and I wanted okay. to like get into styling more. So that's when I came back, started assisting. Um, I used to assist a stylist do work for the Mirror. I did some work for the Mirror because my sister was a journalist. Amazing. So she helped me out, got me in there. Um, I think you've just got to assist and, and also do test shoots on your own because you'll you'll make contacts with people mm. and you don't know where you'll bump into them again further down the line mm. so I think just be creative do your own test shoots and at least because to, to be sorry at the start you've got you haven't got much to show have you because you've not worked you've not worked as a stylist you've got to build a portfolio yeah. yeah and it might not be a put like an image that's been in a magazine or been online but it's showing your creativity, isn't Absolutely. it? So you've produced this photo shoot. It shows what yeah. you're capable of. And just it might not be polished. Produce is a thing. Exactly. So a producer photo shoot is not produced like you know. You've got to work with all those different exactly. elements. So you've got to work with a, ma- a makeup artist, a hairdresser, your model, exactly. location. Yeah. As a stylist, you can look at having to cover yeah. all of those exactly. Bases and you might be like together. 17 years so old. It's a level and of organisation, isn't it? Exactly. It shows yeah. what you could potentially yeah. achieve you know, when you get to that level. Yeah, so absolutely. I just did loads of that, to be honest, loads and loads of test shoots, loads of shoot my own thing with my own yeah. camera, got myself a good camera and just went out there and then started doing little bits of people where people pay me just to mm-hmm. do small shoots and just built it up and up and up. Yeah. And then met Joe. like we met sort of briefly through, a con- I don't know if you remember this, one of my neighbours, I think, I don't know how she knew you, she booked you for personal styling or something. Can't Marie. Yeah, I can't <laughs> So this is weird because obviously now we're business partners, yeah. but this is going back years and years. I was given Joe's number by my neighbour and we spoke briefly, but nothing, not, we didn't really follow up with anything. But I then, like then so don't, no, she, wasn't, <laughs> she wasn't ready for me then. And then obviously we ended up working together then and yeah. very after that. So yeah, I think I just built up over time and it is, it's like a slog, isn't it? And it you've is. got to just be willing to work for nothing. Yeah, definitely. Be willing to assist people. 
for nothing, but you learn, you're on a shoot and you're in that environment and you learn. And yeah. it's the connections that you build exactly. as well. I think you're building that constant portfolio yeah. of yeah. what you can deliver yeah. and what you can push yourself And to, to start achieve. with, you're just going to be steaming a rail and probably getting cups of tea. It's yeah, true. That's you're the not, true not life of a stylist or dragon dresses or, you know, yeah. retaining product. Yeah. That is the true life. It's all, you know, yeah, it's a, yeah, that's yeah, the day-to-day. It's a really, intense job. It is. But you might get lucky. Like, I did work for the Mirror and I was only interning, but they allowed me to literally, like, style a shoot and pull looks. So, you know, if, if they like you and they trust mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you might get to do some interesting stuff. Absolutely. I think, so just a viewpoint of if somebody's thinking at 18, right, okay, I've got the choice to go to university or I've got the, cho- the choice to go into industry as a stylist. Would you say either works or would you say, would you? Would I'd you, probably say go into you, the industry first. I just think it's something that you can't really be taught. I think it, yeah. they can set you up with like projects that mm-hmm. might like test your creativity, but I think if you can go in and start assisting people yeah. and doing it that way from the start, I'd, I think I'd do I that if I could get a little black book as well, yeah. think, which is which is yeah. ultimately from a kind of creative yeah. role. That's what yeah. you need, isn't it? You yeah. need to build up con- contacts and people who Definitely. like you. And yeah. you. You can only really prove it on the job, even if yeah. you go to uni first. Exactly. You've still got to prove on the job that you Absolutely. can physically do you'd, it. You'd be doing your three years of university and then you'd be going on to build your back book, which is going to be a little that. bit longer which, after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah definitely. Yeah. I think uni's mm. perfect for some things, but I Absolutely. think as a stylist, I would say you don't need it. Yeah, I would agree. Brilliant. I totally agree. So just briefly, now you're together as one and we're on a, you know, entrepreneurial journey together. Would you, are you enjoying it? Yeah. Love it. Um, and obviously you work with vintage product as well as your own brands. Yeah. So why the vintage and why, why not one or the other? Um, probably just, personal choice we we, we yeah. both love vintage and both yeah. wear and or, I, I, we yeah but that's what we realized that we had a, a but we both had this mutual love yeah. of, of digging for vintage yeah and finding um the best pieces and also it fits with when we discuss yeah. this because this brand is been a, it's been a long time in discussion yeah and then covid threw it into mm-hmm. reality because yeah. what would would we have ever taken the jump mm, i don't know no, if we were both working <laughs> Because it's it, the risk was too yeah. great. It's hard to, to leave There's a full time right job. Time, to like, yeah. yeah. But the conversation around vintage was was always around. We do this with a sustainable angle. Okay, we do that, which obviously secondhand clothes is a very yeah. sustainable way mm-hmm. to shop. There's so many great things out there that are not. You know, it's just the perspective that you've got when you look at them yeah. as to whether it's a you know a, what we call it like. Dead man's clothes. So or this comes back to the styling and the merchandise, which is what we were yeah. able to yeah. do. Is you know the way you look at vintage clothes, your perspective on them yeah. is then whether or not they're any good and whether you can make them look good. Yeah. yeah. So we and it, it just adds another dimension to yeah, what we're doing. Yeah, it gives us a like point of difference because in lockdown, obviously, a lot of like loungewear brands and. Yeah. They did launch and we did feel like we didn't want to get lost with them. Yeah. We wanted to make yeah. ourselves... We never wanted to be loungewear, no. but what we yeah, were we all doing was lounging. We were all loungewear. We were all just yeah. So it made, it made sense at the time yeah. because there was no outside world. But then yeah. when the world opened again, we knew that yeah. that, that, that's, that, that meant Which that. Which is a good example of like moving with the times and being Absolutely. a small business. And it is just me and Joe. Yeah. We can react fast. So 
Right, okay, things have changed now. Yeah. So let's let's not just carry on flogging around. Yeah. Let's move and yeah. let's start introducing yeah. like yeah. tailoring plus, through vintage. And plus, totally you know, agree. we're not neither of us are designers, and we wouldn't proclaim yeah. to be. No, so what that gives us is tailoring without us, because I wouldn't. You know, you're a designer. Amazing. You know, I don't know how to pattern cut. I, like yeah, I wouldn't yeah, yeah. pretend that I do. So until we're until further down the line, where yeah. you know we'd employ someone who would do mm-hmm. that on our behalf which yeah. is ultimately yeah. what we'll have to have to happen yeah. it gives us a tailored arm to our business that we wouldn't otherwise have so that's super clever so obviously you want to start a fashion brand up young people might want to start a fashion brand up they can't draw can't sew have got no access to anybody that can do that yeah. but they can start a full fashion brand doing exactly yeah. what you know yeah. on a similar having a USP yeah the vintage you know yeah. looking at different things that you can buy yeah. in Resell, a girl I know is like literally doing this. Like it's yeah. a girl I used to work with. So she's, I think she's like about 10 years younger than me. And I always saw her as like a little like younger version of myself. Yeah. And she's basically doing that. She, she's still in uni. She's built her own brand. She sells vintage. She Fantastic. styles it. She's really quirky. She's got like amazing individual style. And she goes out there and she puts her own shoots together and sells vintage. Yeah. And she's making it a brand. There's so she's so exactly many, doing so that. There's so much amazing yeah. vintage yeah. out there. Yeah, there's so there much to play with. Yeah. And also there's an element of things that were made years ago are better quality yeah. than anything you can get now. And anything mm-hmm. that we could potentially afford to yeah. put together as a Collection. And the like, and we also like the fact that they're one-offs. So obviously, all of all of our vintages logo, and we, yeah. we brand it up. But amazing, it's, it's amazing quality. And we probably wouldn't, you know, some of the jackets and that we that we that we um, that we source are Savile Row jackets. Mm, we haven't no got way. a Savile Row tailor. Yeah, so. exactly. No, and then that would be your price point if that was a Savile Row. You know, you yeah, made that like exactly. currently now. Yeah, you would have to. Could you imagine the the, the price point that you'd have to charge yeah, to well, get your exactly. money back Absolutely. as a business owner? Yeah. So it's it's not possible. No, it's not possible. But equally, it's really important to have a USP for your business. It now. really and is. I think yeah. That's like as a brand new business. If they, someone's thinking about starting up, it's how can they create that USP? Yeah. That yeah. means your customer's going to come to you yeah. and yeah. only you. Yeah, because it's okay that the brand like yours exist but what are you doing that is better yeah what's your take on it what's your perspective that means that the customer's going to see because you know again look at it as if you walk into a department store mm-hmm. you've got all of these leisure wear brands yeah. but they're all they've all got something that gives them their usp so what's yeah. yours yeah. absolutely so if you were looking at sort of obviously young people now when I've spoken to a lot of young people in the classes and things they do talk about they're really really keen on sustainability that is so important to them and I'm delighted about it so obviously our children you know they're going to grow up and they will question where the product was made and they will say you know I'm not going to buy that I'm going to rewear rewear and I think this is brilliant going forward yeah like it's something to be really proud of in this new yeah. generation. Obviously, especially because you... we've had that massive fast fashion oh, like generation. Like I know. Who would, obviously, have many years younger yeah. than us. They're just obsessed with wearing things once on. Yeah. yeah, throwaway fashion. But I think it's even slightly it's younger. Def- yeah, so they're a, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I did yeah, a little poll and they were like, yeah, it's really aware. important. Yeah. It's yeah. really important to us. And to normalise wearing mm. your clothes yeah. because that's what I think I, uh, that's my perspective is that I grew up thinking that you buy something and you wear it yeah. and then you wear it again yeah. and you might wear it another way I mean and you'll laugh you should yeah. probably remember this there was things where you'd you know you'd personalise it or change it or cut it yeah to because, because it maybe was you weren't you, so you would do that whereas mm. I would never have dreamt of buying something and then never wearing it again no never no. It, it, so it, it's not I can't I, hopefully that's the way it's going I definitely think that kids the younger generation or my kids it's second nature to them to yeah. be environmentally aware absolutely and anything that that, that you know would harm the planet they're aghast at appalled yeah. at yeah. and I think once they understand that fast fashion falls into that category then hopefully they'll like re- rebel against that as well yeah, yeah. 
Okay, super. So we've covered lots of nice things, lots of things that, uh, you know, come up in conversations that I'm having with young girls, mm-hmm. young women who want to get into fashion. Um, we've covered sort of, you know, fashion buying, fashion styling, uh, university versus not university, different elements. I think the key thing that I would take, and I'm probably exactly like you guys, is I obviously have a mad work ethic. And I think the mad work yeah. ethic, that sort of almost a little bit on the edge of being like, yeah. whoa, yeah. Is, is key to this, it isn't is it? Key. Yeah. <laughs> it's key to fashion. It is. Yeah. And I think the most important takeaway is to, to try everything, to take every opportunity, um, to give it your all, yeah. to, to meet people, to talk to people, yeah. to network. Yeah. Don't be a princess either. Yeah, exactly. Do all the job. I mean, even yeah, now. Take your bins. I'm, you, yeah. I'm worth taking your bins out. Don't do anything. Yeah, don't you know, ask like, anyone to do anything. You're not above anything. Yeah. Any. I mean, Absolutely even now. Not. When we laugh when you do when you do a job, whether it's yeah. one of ours or whether we do a, a styling job, and people always feel weird like when you're on your hands and knees and they've got their hands on your head, and I go, <laughs> I'm this when they're t- I'm tying their shoelaces, yeah. and I go, oh, you get used to it, yeah. And no, yeah. I, I don't care how big a stylist you are, you get you, they must get used to yeah. it just having yeah. you know, but, but don't you can't be princessy about those no. things. If you're humble, people will like it, and you will get booked again. Whereas you if you show up and you're like, I'm not doing that, get me assistant to do it. They're not gonna necessarily want to book you again because you're just not a nice person. Yeah, you need no, to be the first person there and the yeah. last person, person to leave. leave. Like, what else can I do before I go? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. If yeah, I was not looking, looking at your phone, no. not being that person that's looking at the phone, yeah. checking no. the phone, seeing what else has got to be, you know, immersed focused. in it yeah. and focused. Absolutely. And like, yeah, to use a modern present in it, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. be 100%. there. Yeah, but I think I think because also the competition is fierce. It is. So you've got to be. It's not that you have to even be more talented or better than anyone else at what. Uh, you know at that particular you've just got to be the hardest working absolutely because that really counts for a lot yeah mm-hmm. if there's somebody else there who's going over and above then they're going to be you're going to give them the job rather yeah than and also person. varied like Rachel said all of the making sure that what your your offer your personality is you've that you've got a varied offer absolutely. so when you're going into a job interview for an example you've yeah. got things where you say oh yeah I've done this yeah. I've styled this Styling. I I I volunteered at this and it means that you're a well-rounded person and you're interesting to be around yeah. and then they've also they think yeah we could actually trust her with that she'd yeah. be good yeah. at that because it's all yeah. transferable skills isn't it yeah. even I if agree. it's not necessarily the same yeah. route it, and, yeah yeah, yeah absolutely it, you? use yeah. all your experiences yeah if you were to give sort of your younger self thinking you're about 16 would you give yourself any sort of like advice what would you say what would you say that you know or what would you say to another 16 year old thinking about getting started into fashion just one piece of advice obviously we touched touched on the work ethic just one piece of advice what would it be oh I would say to put yourself out there and make sure you're seen so write the letters send the emails and get the work experience so that you can actually be out there trying it and doing it because somebody will take a chance on you because they did on me. Perfect. Um, I'd probably say try a bit of everything and see what you want to do because you might know you want to work in fashion, but you might know not like which avenue you actually want to go down. So if possible, try and dabble in everything and then sort of hone in on what you love the most out of that. Totally agree. 
And I think that will benefit you going for jobs, going for internships. Yeah, because you want to pick up the skills. Exactly. Because fashion is so broad, it covers a million different things. And if you've tried a couple of them, then you've got different skills. Because you're not always sure at that age what you want to do. But if you know it's fashion, just take a a year or two just to sort of hone in on what do I really, really want to do. Because also the biggest thing is when you go and get a job in fashion and you think, I didn't even know your job existed. Yeah, Yeah. And if you're in school, I mean, the, the job titles that the descriptions of things I think I was told to go and be a data entry person <laughs> I think you know when they, it, it printed out in the careers advice I think that's what they oh told me to do and they were you know if you weren't a nurse which I was never going to have the qualification to be yeah but there's jobs out there that you don't even know yeah. existed that could be the job of your dreams yeah you were made for that job yeah 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 I love it Perfect. Thank you so much for being my first guest on uh, the KZ Club podcast. Thank Thanks you for having, having us. us. Make sure to follow along on www.thekzclub.com and I'll see you next week.